Getting Sarah Marshall is far and away our most downloaded episode. Antonio, just out there spreading the gospel. And it used to be Wild Wild West was our second, but is Tokyo Drift. So, Oh, you hate to see it. My man. Ugh. Love to see it. The Drift. I'm going to have to start talking about Wild Wild West in my, my circles again. It's the long game, Brandon. It's the long dick of the arm. You may have won the battle. Definitely going to get out here this week and pimp Wild Wild West on the on Reddit and on uh, on the Twitters, the tweets. And then we'll somehow lose listeners. <laughs> the people need to know. We had negative five listens today. The listener outreach didn't work like I thought it would. I don't I don't know why. How did you think it was going? Wait, Ryan, do you also agree? What did, what did y'all think it was supposed to do? Oh, on Twitter, I knew it wasn't going to get much, but I thought the Insta would get a little bit more. I don't understand how how people with bullshit Twitter feeds have like a shit ton of followers, and they literally they don't do anything. Did they throw out dick pics at one point or boob shots? Like I don't I don't get it. I don't understand social media. <laughs> I just want to go back to the days where Facebook was just what are you looking for? A relationship, friendship, random play. That's it. I'm sorry, was that, was that that third option was ran, there was random play? There used to be a random play option. What were you looking for? You were single and looking, you were single, you were in a relationship, it's complicated, or random play. Wow, take advantage of the fact that Amanda's not here, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like Going that was the rails early. a great time to be alive. 2007, they removed it in 2007. Oh, those are the times. Damn. If you signed up and you were over 30, you didn't get the option for random play. <laughs> <laughs> Too gross for random play at 30. Amanda's gone for one week. One week. It's pretty sad. I was expecting her rating to offset the uh, negativity of these of some people, but... But I guess not. Does she like this movie? Who doesn't like this movie? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this going to be another Suicide Squad? Listen, nothing is Suicide Squad. It's not a bad movie, Nick. It's kind of fun. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. God. Antonio, you gave that a 1.75. How diplomatic of you. Yeah, <laughs> it was still bad. But I had to like acknowledge that it was better than I remember. But I couldn't justify it with a 2. Because I would never put myself through that again, nor would I want to put someone else through it. But I think the way I eventually like came to that, or like looking back on it, mm-hmm. it's a movie that you would, if you come across it, you leave it on, but you don't pay attention to it while you kind of just do shit around the house. But like if someone were to come over, you have it on. It's like, oh yeah, this Suicide Squad, I'll change it. <laughs> you know, that 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 kind of rage. unless you're unless the person coming over is like shit yeah let's watch it those people aren't allowed <laughs> i don't know those people if i came over and you were watching suicide squad i'd be like okay let's uh and you don't have to change it we'll just we'll finish it well obviously you're not getting the jojo rabbit treatment the jojo rabbit slash american president double feature treatment they call that the ryan special my guy there's a couple of others in that double feature that we could squeeze in, just depending on 
what we're looking for. That's the move. You just invite these nice young ladies over to the house and put on Michael Douglas's old ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you what you got? Give us give us one of give us one of one of the. They other. go to the they go to the bathroom and they come out. They're wearing your shirt. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't give you one because that would allude to a future episode that we're doing before the season is over. You gonna so. show bitches Sicario? Hell yeah. Nah, what? Like, what? I like what? I like strong female presence. But Antonio doesn't though. That gives them the wrong idea. You do you, man. Just speak to her like Alejandro does to everybody. Just kind of speak almost as if you're going to ask a question, but you're saying something profound. But throw a little accent in there. And could also potentially kill them. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we don't. Antonio, do not give them the voice that makes it seem like you can kill them. Well, I mean, that, that's Benicio's voice. That is. But, but you, when you do it. Okay. Is that, is, that the, is that the second half of the potential double feature? Or is that... No, I think we would start off with it. You'd start with Sicario. Yeah, like you see how, you see how dark the world is? And then you go to Jojo Rabbit where it starts in a dark place. But then it gives you hope. Isn't his mom killed like three fourths of the way through that movie? Yes. Yeah. But it ends with hope. Yeah. He overcomes his hatred of Jews. They dance. Plus, I'm pretty sure that girl's going to leave him at the end of the shit because she's got a life she wants to live. She just like slowly dances away from him. (laughs) It doesn't involve JoJo. So, like, at the end of the day, like, what does he really have? Well, they have. Oh a god, stable. I can't wait to do this that that movie again. They have a stable Soviet, you know, government coming in. Great. That's going to provide structure for them. Yes. Imagine the look on her face when you tell her you're going to have the Antonio and Ryan date night. <laughs> I mean, hey, if she says yes, though. <laughs> we start off as friends, and then we grow into something more. Podcast partners, why are y'all get? Why are y'all thinking dirty? <laughs> so Nick, on our Nick and Ryan date, I'm assuming we'd probably watch The Prestige, right? Sure, sure. We have we've all seen The Prestige, right? Yes. Okay. So Amanda just finally watched it. I've I've been wrong about something for the longest time. Christian Bale is a twin, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I have to rewatch it. That's where I got confused. I was under the impression that he went to Tesla first and created a copy. I didn't know he was born a twin. It wasn't until this rewatch where I was like, wait, what? He was born a twin? I thought he was a copy. Then I looked it up on Reddit, and I'm not the only person out there. I upvoted that person, but that person has way more downvotes. But it wasn't me. Because that person apparently is not thought of as to be smart either. But there, there's some real confusion out there. It can you have to really search for it and deep in the comments, but it's out there. But it, but it's there. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, magic tricks, right? You know, magic is uh, magic is designed to be confusing. <laughs> yeah, it actually fell a couple pegs now. That I think of it because I thought it was way cooler in my head than when I rewatched. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like take that off. Completely off script, but yeah, that was that. I thought about doing a live tweet of Blade Runner. Ooh, spoiler. Never mind. We'll get to that. Should we all get one live tweet movie in at some point here? 
Especially with season the first season of the fun table coming to a close. Yeah, why not? I feel like Brandon's gonna live tweet like a porno though. <laughs> right, like thirty minutes into it. Wait a minute. <laughs> I can't wait to see the tweet. What do we think about Nina Hartley? <laughs> I think she was old then. God damn it, Brandon. We got followers though. <laughs> Brandon's just sitting there talking about what an ensemble performance this is. <laughs> Help me step down. I'm stuck. <laughs> Non-porn answers only here. Um, what's what's everybody been watching this week? I started watching a TV show on Hulu where I thought there'd be more sex involved, but there hasn't been. It's called A Teacher. It's that Kate. Oh, don't ruin. Don't don't ruin too much because that's. That's on the list. Yeah. I think it's based loosely on like Westlake High here in town. Really? I know it was shot here, right? Yeah, shot here. Uh, I mean, it's all Austin. Like they have like a UT scene. I don't know. Like I remember there being a Westlake High high school teacher that like was relatively attractive that had some affairs with the youths. Scandal. And like the name of the high school in the show starts with a W, but it's not Westlake. For obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And there's like a scholarship that's like funded by Travis County. So yeah, uh, three ep- um, they dropped the first three episodes on Hulu. So watch that. I'll, I'll continue watching. And then I watched The Next Karate Kid. Ooh. And, uh, boy, 1994 Hillary Swank. Let me tell you. Yeah, she's looking real good. I don't know what she's looking like these days, but... 2007 Kate Mara or two, or 1994 Hillary Swank? I don't know what 2007 Kate Mara looked like. Did you ever see Shooter? No. The Mark Wahlberg classic? Damn, never mind. Is that a classic? Is that what we call that? Hey, if it's on TNT on repeat... What about House of Cards, Kate Mara? Oh, I'll take House of Cards, Kate Mara, before she tragically fell. Went to an upcoming subway. Through through herself. Yeah. Totally unpreventable accident. Jumped in. Hate to see path. it. Right. Will. So thanks to all the listeners out there because Tokyo Drift has been one of our most downloaded episodes. And I know we all gave Antonio a bunch of shit for it, but I went back and I listened to a little bit of Tokyo Drift. And I had told Antonio in that in that episode that I would watch all the Fast and the Furious movies. And just so happened that I was looking through HBO Max. I saw the first and I saw Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Too Furious were on HBO Max. And I thought, well, be a man of your word and watch it. And I'll watch the first one. There's some really good, some really good plot in that one. Okay. There's some, there's some, there's some good. Okay. There's not, but it's still good. Like Fast and Furious is actually, it's pretty entertaining. The second one, Too Fast, Too too Furious, that you could tell they had fun making, but I don't think it necessarily transferred over to the movie, but it's a fun watch. So you've only seen three of them so far, total? So now I've seen three, yep. Okay. So now I've got to go to Fast and Furious. That's a good one. Yeah. Hope you're not emotionally attached to anyone. (laughs) Well, they all come back, apparently, so. Do they? Not all of them. I can think of at least one person who's not coming back. <laughs> oh, Nicholas. Oh, that's, that's messed that's, up. That's kind of fucked up. Boo. Wait, who's not coming back? 
the guy that that oh. bet his dad's car away. Oh Jesse. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh. I thought Nick was talking about Paul Walker because he died. <gasps> that's why. Oh, he's that's not fucked up. Back. I thought you were talking about Jesse from the first one. I was gonna say that's messed up, Nick. That you just impl- you. It's like you are implying that his career went up in flames. Mm. Oh, Brandon, mm. that's also not all in poor taste. But no, Jesse, I don't think is coming back. You never know, Ryan. There are so many more movies for you to watch. Nicholas, do you want me to talk about my first watch? Jeffrey, you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Finally watched Blade Runner 2049. It was good. I thought it was better than the actual first one. But then again, when I watched the first one, that little 18-year-old shit I worked with was like, oh, there's a big twist. And I was like, five minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, so he's like one of the robots? (laughs) Spoiler. Wow, you just spoiled Blade Runner for everyone else. You were the 18-year-old little shit. <laughs> Wait, who's a robot in that shit? Nobody. Shot beautifully. It was. I got a lot of Fifth Element vibes, so I liked it. Deacons. Shortly after that, we watched a little, I guess it's a movie, or would you call it a short? It was like an hour long. Uh, Netflix has this little movie called Host. Um, it's uh, a we... Shutter original. Oh, I don't know what that is. Anyways, Nick put the movie on. Uh, it's called Host, and it's something we could all kind of relate to, I guess. It's about COVID, and everyone's in quarantine, and they're doing a Zoom night, and but they're doing a Zoom seance. Nope, can't relate to that. Could be fucking around with that shit. But it was pretty good. I hid behind my hands a few times. I yelled at Nick a couple times. She did. She did. Um, really good. First, um, first movie that i've seen entirely shot in the quarantine they you know pumped that out pretty quick Mm -hmm. it's you know obviously set in the quarantine so it all makes sense it all you know it all happens over a zoom call an interesting use of technology um always good to see i needed i needed some hook it it was fine i guess it was scary but you know still a movie all right nicholas let's do a seance tonight see if it's scary you would never, Jennifer. I know. I would do it. I'd set up that Furby to turn on. <laughs> I swear to God. He leaves it on the shelf with its eyes open. And I swear I woke up at one point, either in the night or early morning. I looked over and it was like making direct eye contact with me. I'm not about it. You should start moving that shit in the middle of the night. It... I guess this was this is a sort of subconscious pick, maybe. I guess we'll we'll see what, why you guys chose this movie. Um but it's an open week, no categories. So we wound up watching a little movie called World War Z. I feel like a lot of people probably know what World War Z is, but you know, if you don't, it's a 2013 movie about I guess the the beginnings of a zombie apocalypse, essentially. Brad Pitt and his hair fighting back on behalf of, of the human race, single handedly. I'll I'll leave this up to whichever one of Ryan or Brandon would like to claim ownership for suggesting this movie. Why'd you uh, why'd you why'd you nominate it, Brandon? That's right. I nominated this movie because it's Brad Pitt. It's a you know what I I have this thing for end of the world movies, and this one definitely is on my list of like good end of the world movies like. 
it's not so much about the zombies. It's just like I just really like to watch the world end sometimes. That's my favorite genre. Doom, doom and gloom. Um, so for the rest of you guys, you know, uh, like I said, I think this is this is a pretty popular movie when it came out. It came out in 2013, so seven years ago, so this decade. Made quite a bit of money. Entered into somewhat into the global consciousness. So what do you what did you guys think when you heard World War Z? Brandon already said it. Brad fucking Pitt, who some people here have said is not a leading man. Uh, I just remember it being a lot of Brad Pitt. I've seen it once prior to rewatching it. It was good. I mean, Brad Pitt never disappoints. He can't. Hmm. Did you watch Moneyball? <laughs> My state. Shut up. Uh, For the record, Brad Pitt wants to be a character actor, but he's got the leading man look to him. But he is a leading man, but he wants to be a character actor so bad with all the different roles that he takes. I think he's just badass enough to even be able to be like, yeah, I'll be the secondary actor. Oh, absolutely. There is no bigger fan on this podcast, aside from Jen, a Brad Pitt, than me. That's my guy. Even Interview with the Vampire, I'm like, yes, I get down with that. You and your chapped lips. But... Uh. (laughs) <laughs> when, when it when it comes to World War Z, the thing that comes to mind about this, about this movie is the fact that it was a fucking train wreck as it was getting made. There were so many issues. The entire third act is a complete rewrite. They brought in my boy from Lost to fix it. Hearing all the stories where Brad Pitt didn't get along with the director, it just it was just it was a train wreck that was salvaged to where you couldn't even tell that there was an issue. But all you heard of were the issues that while you're making this movie. I actually, you know, I had never watched this before this week. Really? I had no interest. So I, I'm going to be this fucking asshole the whole podcast. I read the book and then the movie came out and the reviews were like, well, it's nothing like the book. OK, I don't think I want to watch it then. There were rumors that David Fincher was going to direct a sequel. And I was like, hell yeah, absolutely. David Fincher. And I was like, well, shit. I mean, I guess maybe I should watch this then. Just get it out of the way. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm not a fan of Brad Pitt. I'll watch it. And then, you know, it became one of the one in a long list of movies that David Fincher never made. And so I just never got around to it. There was never really a reason, I guess. I think Fincher would have made an incredible sequel, but I would have loved to have seen this movie made by Steven Soderbergh. Hmm. One of the reasons why I love this movie, to me, it's somewhat like, it's like Contagion, an outbreak, but with a sense of like a spy thriller to it. Like there's some go behind enemy lines. I worked for the UN. I would go investigate human rights crimes like there's there's some sense of spy thriller to that. This movie feels a lot like Contagion and it reminded me of Steven Soderbergh and I thought well, I wonder how Steven Soderbergh would have done this movie because he has such a great rapport with Brad Pitt. I did think gosh this is awful awful timely in a way that people people were talking about watching Contagion um very early on in the pandemic. You know that mm-hmm. was uh, that was on the top of the Netflix charts there for a while. Antonio, what about you? When you when you heard World War Z, did you know tropical? Was that was that your first thought? What's your what's your first thought? I'd never seen it all the way through. The parts where I had come in previously bored me, so I just stopped watching. It had all the makings of a 
genre of movie that I don't like or care for. I don't care for zombie movies. I, Walking Dead fascination will never understand it. But hey, you do you, Jennifer. And I will. <laughs> uh, post-apocalyptic shit. Just This is not my thing. Like, I don't. And it's not even that I'm scared of it or anything. I just don't. No, no, very few exceptions for this genre of movie that I care about. So I was not looking forward to have watched this. That's interesting. I mean, quickly, I hadn't thought about this, but, you know, Brandon had mentioned that he's a Brandon. You mentioned that you're a fan of like end of the world movies. And those are sort of um, and but you're saying that, you know, you're and you're saying that you're not a fan of post apocalyptic movies. And this feels um after watching it it, this is kind of as as it's happening so right right that's what i mean we're like brandon brandon's listing off stuff where it's like the world is actively ending you know and Mm -hmm. things are you know it's all action it's all it's all it's all happening right as opposed to after the fact you know like the walking dead i guess where Mm -hmm. most of the lion's share of the walking dead where it's like people living with with what has happened that was that one of the main complaints about the book was it, the book was really post-apocalyptic like the the zombies had already taken over and this was like a a record or like a like a journal yeah so explain I, to me the book real quick like in a nutshell sure 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 just just um so the idea is that the book is a is a collection of of interviews that one person is going around the world okay. talking to people after um after the war is over they have won humanity has won and and bought back a semblance of peace but you know they've they've obviously lost a whole lot and all of the action is is over so this is you know you get you get um you get sort of some context of how it started and people not you know the government's not listening or what different governments did and then you know you get stories of what people were doing during the whole thing and then you you know you get stories of how people sort of recovered okay it almost would be i mean it's done in the vein of like a documentary right like if you actually made a movie out of it, it'd be like some Ken Burns shit. But you could probably do it better, of course. But you know, if you did it accurate to the book, it'd be like a Ken Burns fucking documentary sitting there. This movie, um, I think, has its pros and cons. This movie really just gets into it from the beginning. Like a lot of these um, during the apocalypse movies, like a lot of those movies, things just sort of pop off from from the first like five minutes and the rest of the movie is just, you know, pretty much action. So there's, there's not a lot of thematic stuff that I, that I thought of when I was thinking about, you know, structuring the way that we were talking about this movie. Um, Hopefully our listeners have watched this movie. Um, If they haven't, then it's been long enough. I mean, it's been seven years, but uh, very very brief spoiler warning at the beginning, because we're, uh, we're going to talk about how this, how this movie goes. So, you know, first off, right, you get you get retired ass Brad Pitt living his home life. Pancake making ass. Pancake making ass. I wish Brad Pitt would make me pancakes. You know what I'm saying? God. But those pancakes. Does anyone else think he's kind of a waffle guy? I think he'd be a waffles guy. I'm a waffle guy. So am I. We're like Brad Pitt. I imagined Brandon making pancakes or waffles uh, in the morning for Olivia. But her being very disrespectful, saying, you're not good at it, though. But definitely, definitely. <laughs> Go back Although to mine come out of a box. Obviously, which is why she would say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas, why don't you do any of this on Sundays? Why don't you do any of it? My leg hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And it's it's uh, one of my many one of the many ways in which I'm not Brad Pitt is I don't wake up and make waffles slash pancakes. But yeah, so Family Man, we get we get introduced to Family Man, Brad Pitt. You're more attached to his family in the first five seconds of this movie than fucking the entire family scenes of Moneyball. <laughs> True emotion that you get to see in this, as opposed to, um, I guess, a tape of his daughter singing. Did you have to see the family in order to be like attached to them? The reason I asked is because right after I watched... Um, right after I watched this movie um, on YouTube TV, the next thing, not a sponsor, the next thing that came on was I Am Legend. And I don't know if you've seen I Am Legend, Antonio, but uh, in the movie, uh, it talks about, it just shows clips of his wife and kids and what happens to them. Um, and I felt real bad for him when it showed what happened with his kid. Like I felt real attached to the kid. So do you have to see the kid on screen and like them interacting in order to be attached? So not a fan of I Am Legend. Uh, Was real sad when the dog died. Did not care about his family dying. That's fair. I didn't even remember the family died. I just remember the dog dying. Right now, as Brandon was describing it, I remember the scene. But yeah, no, the dog. Yeah, that's the that's the real tragedy. Notice how he was watching watching Shrek, though, Brandon. Yes, he wakes up and they have Shrek on. I like that. Terrible movie, but... If you'd like to hear more of Brandon's shitty opinions, please go listen to the Shrek episode of this podcast. You can click it here. So, we get the introduction, which is them in traffic, stuck in traffic, and shit goes south very quickly. And then they, they get evacuated into an apartment building, but they find themselves in an apartment building with after they after they have to stop and go shopping though of course which is what i imagine it was like in the early days of covid-19 it's people running around snatching stuff off the shelves my rv got stolen you know just just craziness i was confused by the guy at the pharmacy did he work there the guy with the gun with his hood on who looked real sketchy i'm going to assume from that description that he did not work there. <laughs> but he like asks him, he's like, what do you need? And like, he like found it real quick. I think he worked there. Like, was he on his like break? Maybe he just called dibs on all that. That's, that's what I thought. I think he thought shit's going down. I'm going to be in charge or I'm going to try and get as many of these pharmaceuticals as I can and hold on to because shit's really hitting the fan. He wasn't wearing a name badge. He wasn't wearing a uniform or anything like that. I feel like he had quite a bit of knowledge, though. Well, because his his little brother has the same had the had was an asthmatic as well. That's why he was like this arbuterol or whatever. Like, oh, and then take this. It worked wonders with my little brother or something like that. But how did he know where everything was? That albuterol will save your life, though, if you got asthma. As someone who has asthma and needs oh, I'm, albuterol. I'm sure. That's that's the stuff right there. That's the life saving shit. I never got the impression that he worked there. I just got the impression that he was going to be one of the looters that was like, hey, I'm going to go after pharmaceuticals because medicine is what people are going to need. And I might as well have what I need. Sure. I do want to go back to when they are stuck in traffic in Philadelphia. There's the explosion, the cop on the bike rips the mirror off of the car and all then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. That to me is such a claustrophobic scene 
the first time I saw this movie, I didn't necessarily know exactly how we, I, I didn't know we were going to just jump right into this shit. I, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a buildup and it's like, nope. And that scene feels so claustrophobic because if you're ever stuck in a traffic jam, there is no way out. The only way out is if somebody literally plows through and you follow them like a lead blocker in football. Like that's the only way you're getting out of a traffic jam. So the whole sequence is extremely just anxiety filled for me. And then I'm locked in. I'm like, let's go, Brad. Get your family out of there. And it was shot so frantically. Kind of wish they had slowed it down, you know, kind of going one shot to one person. And then they see the next person impacted. So they go to that person. Kind of like they did in Three Kings. Get it in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then the sky just goes at a different frame rate. Instead right. of going fucking Cloverfield style. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that there were some rough cuts here and there, some fast camera shots, because it, it makes it feel very um, confusing as to, wait, 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 who's, who's a zombie? And who's who's human? Or who's, who's still normal? And the confusion that it gives you only heightens that anxiety-filled scene. To go back to like the whole, like Ryan saying this is kind of like, you know, a spy thriller, you know, going behind any lines and everything. This kind of felt like this is how Brad Pitt would figure out, this is how Jerry would go about finding out patient zero for COVID. Like this movie felt really relevant to what what we're going through right now. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't catch COVID and then got 12 seconds to turn or anything, but like it just, it felt like really, it was really fun, I think, to like think like, oh man, like this, is this how, is this how like we figure out some of the stuff that we've learned about COVID? Like there's boots on the ground, like interviewing people and like find a patient zero. I just, you know, I don't know. I thought that this movie... Uh, was real fun given uh, the context of today. As an American, I have a natural distrust of any UN slash WHO officials and their recommendations or investigations regarding contagions. So, no, Brandon, this is this is not what I wanted. I wanna I wanted a an American official working for America to do American things to figure out an American solution to the problem. America first. America first, god damn it. Gotta stop the globalists somehow, I guess. Yes, that's right. It's it's all a, it's all a secret globalist agenda. The zombies are a secret globalist agenda. Um, I'm gonna pin that with a sarcasm uh, warning, I guess. Because because you can't you can't take things too seriously. Um, so he gets picked up. We're we'll we'll skip over um, we'll We'll get to the the spycraft, I guess, unless you guys have something to talk about his um, his apartment adventures where he finds himself a new little um, brown son. Or I guess his wife finds a new brown son because he doesn't really parent that child at all over the course of Tomas. Shouts to Tomas. Um, No, like I was asking Jen earlier, her favorite part of that, right before we get to the apartment scene, when they're running and they see the RV and they cut to a guy who gets bit, the little, when the daughter drops the, the stuffed animal and then it says, oh, a train is coming. The audience hears the stuffed animal count and internally Jerry's doing the same thing in order to watch how fast it is from bite to turn. That sequence was riveting to me. Reminded me of Taken or Taken 2, I guess. Right? Yeah. 
the stuff like the taking stuff, the espionage, the spy stuff, like only only someone who's had that type of training would know to do that kind of I'm going to set off an explosion and then you count how many seconds it is until you hear the explosion like in Taken too. You know, just use use something as a metronome of seconds to know a count with, to, to watch from bite to turn. To me, that's just cool spyish espionage writing. I concur. Also, just a brief shout out to the patience they have as parents for those fucking kids. There's no way, first of all, that they would have survived that car crash that unbothered no nah. also that one child was way too grown to be sitting behind the passenger seat Listen, on the floorboard i was fucking frustrated watching that little fucking girl not listen the whole fucking time and then when the the little one and when they're in the fucking hallway and she's like daddy i'm scared real fucking loud i'm like come on <laughs> jesus christ i would uh, and then the blanket thing it's like now's really not the time for your blanket also, that shit's not going to help you. I don't know. Read the room. Those kids are lucky they made it. To quote a famous person, fuck them kids. <laughs> I did have one one little picking nit. If this was real and Amanda and I and our kiddo had, had jacked someone's RV and then our kid who does have asthma has an asthma attack. When we get to the to the Walgreens or whatever that we're going to go jack some medication from, I don't think all three of us would go in. Someone's staying in that RV because that RV is like your shelter. That's your escape. You have a gun. Like I would tell Amanda, you lock this shit down. I'm going to go in and go get the medicine. Well, she went in to get supplies though, right? Like, Yeah, but I mean, how many times has Lindsay sent you to the store to pick up one thing? You know you're going to pick up some supplies and shit to bring home. Yeah, I guess. But like, you know, you split up. You guys cover more ground. Obviously, you're not going to leave the kid in the car because then the RV gets stolen and your fucking kid gets stolen in the car, too. That's no good. Increases their chance of survival. Did she get the flares at the grocery store, though? Like that store just had flares? No, I assume they found them in the RV, right? Because they found the hunting rifle there, too. I think I agree that she definitely shouldn't have gone in, if only for the fact that like she just got straight up attacked. Right. Immediately. Like, really? In an apocalypse situation, you're yeah, in a market full of supplies and you're not going to go for supplies. You're going to try to, like, sexually assault this woman? Priorities, my guys. It's an what? apocalypse. Exactly. And one oh. of them looked like they worked there. They had an employee vest on. Right. You've been there a long time. You had so much opportunity. Like, you're just preying on people who are coming in for supplies instead of like just taking the supplies and getting the fuck out of there? How does that make sense? Come on. Brandon, if you opened the clock, like if you woke up in the middle of the night after a zombie attack and you're like, oh my God, where's my daughter? And then you open the closet and this little boy had his arm around your darling little girl. Nah, get out. Get out, bro. Get out. Get out right now. Come on. Come on. But she was she crying. Was, she was crying. Oh, okay. But I didn't hear her. Okay. Mm. Sure. Can't trust these little boys. Right. Is it because he's Mexican? <laughs> that kid got over his parents dying super quick. Like that. Yeah. Well, and I I'm pretty sure, right? Like one of the last zombies on the roof that they shot was his dad, right? Yeah. I think this movie is not really necessarily a zombie movie, but the zombie parts of it, like the zombie attack parts, aren't necessarily my favorite parts of this movie. So it was super dark as they're making their way up to the top of the roof. I know, Antonio, you talk about this later. 
is when he does fight off the zombie and he does get like blood or spit in his mouth mm-hmm. and he immediately thinks the bigger picture, you know, my family, they're about to be saved. Let me run to the let me run to the edge of the building for whatever reason. If I start to turn once again, I was like, that's that's really smart writing right there. I would have taken everyone out <laughs> if I'm turning Nick turning. Jennifer, I would have counted to six and then put a bullet in your head. <laughs> Just like get to five and then be like 12. Boom. I heard it. You saw her turn. Everybody saw her turn. <laughs> she got this look in her eye. Like she was <laughs> Wasn't that just her Nicholas look? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll never know. Um, <laughs> Why take the chance? But like, if you're a zombie, do you just, do you just walk off to the edge? Is that what happens? Do you, can you feel it? And then you like start to tip yourself off? Yeah. Wasn't there like once they start turning, don't they start like jerking and doing all this, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, movement. I wouldn't the momentum kind of stop it, Brandon <laughs> South Padre, right? You're not disturb. Uh, <laughs> you, you startled me, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, what you would imagine like the momentum that they get once they start, you know, their body starts moving in all sorts of different directions. The momentum would just take them over yeah. the building. Okay. I think he would have realized hey, if I feel any different, I'm just going to hurl myself off of here. Before I get to twelve, that's a lot of confidence in second. I was going to say I would I would a hundred percent be like get up there and then think oh fuck it's definitely me and just like start leaning over and then and then I get to thirteen and I don't feel anything and I'm like oh uh oh fuck the whole way down did I, did I count too fast what's going on here <laughs> also if he was doing that to save his family why did he not shut the door. To the so Ooh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't also, catch that. No, absolutely. I did catch <laughs> that. I was like, wow, this dude so concerned about his fucking family didn't secure the door while these fucking zombies were chasing him. Also, if he's counting to 12, they would have already been on the roof, I think, by then. True. But then again, if I'm if I'm running to the roof of a building as is and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I got to get to a ledge and I got to count before I hurl myself off and I see Dr. Jack Shepard, I know my family is going to be OK. Yeah, like they would have shot him anyways, I feel like. Yeah, Matthew Fox doesn't give a fuck. Although the helicopter probably would have been like, ah, that's the guy we needed. <laughs> fuck everyone else. I mean, they did that shit later. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> your your husband's dead, probably. You gotta leave. Sorry. You have your passports, right? <laughs> Put on a boat. But they escaped, so that was cool. Right, they get, they get brought on, he gets brought on board the ship. Um, they all get brought on board the ship. He gets a meeting. He says, I'm done with this. Even in the middle of a goddamn zombie apocalypse, he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Surely there's someone else. Um, they task him with protecting this little, little baby scientist boy, which when they brought him on the ship, like, I'm pretty sure the African dude whose name I don't remember. It's like the undersecretary of something, whatever. Um, tells him, hey, I need you on this. Like, what did he think was going to happen? This is a, f- we're bringing you in for a fucking job. You're not, we're not saving you because I owe you one. Right, right. This is not really a conversation. This is a, uh, this is your job. 
I know you retired, but like, come on. <laughs> Very selfish of Brad. I don't get when the wife is like, I'm not asking, or what does she say? She basically doesn't want him to do it. If you're asking me if I'm okay with this, I'm not, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, she has three kids now because they had to save the one little boy who surprisingly still chill. He's got three women now. Exactly. I'm the dad. So, uh, so yeah, so this is, this is the beginning of the, the, um, spy shit and, and the, um, Brandon, what you were talking about where, where this is, this is where we hunt down the, the origin of this, uh, of this zombie infection patient, patient zero, I guess. So they, they ship him off to Korea and task him with protecting this guy, this little tiny little baby scientist boy who sees one zombie <laughs> and fucking shoots himself in the head. Which, did they give Brad Pitt a gun? Because I don't remember Jerry getting a gun in that scene, but they gave the young scientist a gun and he immediately <laughs> shoots himself. I'm like, oh my fucking God, this dude was the best hope we had. And you're so shocked by it because he drops so much fucking knowledge on the plane ride. He's like, Mother Nature is the best serial killer. Originally, I didn't realize Nick hadn't seen this. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. I was like, I don't remember him making it. And Nick was like, I mean, he has to, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, literally, like, 30 (laughs) seconds later, they land. He freaks out, trips, and shoots himself. And I was like. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Like the most undignified fucking death I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a fucking shit. I laughed. (laughs) I laughed immediately. So giant fans felt when uh, Plaxico shot himself in the club. Literally. Literally. The sound that his fucking butt went just fucking hit the. (laughs) Fucking face plants. (laughs) Into the the cargo plane. It's like. Exactly. Brad Pitt is so over his shit like immediately too. He's like, ah, he fucking, he keep, he's dead. (laughs) Another nitpick, why would you give someone who does not know how to handle a weapon that you have to tell multiple times, take your finger off the trigger, why would you give them a weapon with no training whatsoever? Couldn't figure this shit out. I was like, what the fuck? How is the safety off? I feel like every movie that I ever see, like how many times have you seen a movie where someone is like, like a person who has never held a gun before is like, you know, trying to point it at somebody who is supposed to be scared and then they're like, well, the safety's not even off. And they're like, oh, fuck, like, damn it. I don't know how to use a gun. Like, how did he how did he immediately have a gun that was capable of like he he knows how to turn the safety off, but he's still going to shoot himself accidentally in the side of the head. I also don't think they had time to like be like, here's the safety. If you see a very fast zombie coming at you, make sure you turn the safety off and then you point it at it and then shoot. You're flying from halfway, presumably across the Pacific or the Atlantic, all the way to Korea. What else are you going to do? I don't know. You can't set aside 30 minutes on that flight. How to figure out Mother Nature's, I don't know, sick virus. He just just kept repeating that two-minute speech over and over again. He looked so cocky doing it, too. That's when you're like, okay, cool. You've said that, you know, 20 times on this flight already. Can we we do our part where we (laughs) teach you this? I did like that. If you get if the shit hits the fan, listen for their boots, listen for their words. I thought that was pretty cool. They also could have waited until like daylight. Like, were they in that big of a hurry? They're in a place they don't know. There's no lights. Why would we not wait till dawn There's to do a this? Rainstorm. At least something to like be able to like see and scope out the area. I don't know. I did find this part of the movie a little convoluted with a lot of information. 
how it all originated there. And then you have the guy that's been excommunicated by the CIA. And I just, I thought that was all kind of a lot in a really, a really short amount of time because you kind of get the idea of what happened, but then you don't, it's just basically another piece of the puzzle of another place you have to go. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought it was, um, it, to me, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, uh, pieces in a puzzle. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is a global movie. So you have a bunch of different stops. It's kind of how I structured this thing too. Um, so he picks up different pieces along the way in the beginning, he picks up the piece takes however long in Korea, he picks up the piece that they're attracted to sound, you know? So that's, that's a little nugget that he gets. Uh, true. Yeah. Which is also incidentally that that was my only explanation for why they went in the middle of the night. Cause it was raining. And, and maybe that would, um, you know, hinder the sort of sound. It didn't didn't wind up mattering because his fucking phone is on full volume and they make a joke about it. The people who are watching him, they make a joke like, oh, you know, all passengers, please, you know, silence your phones or whatever. And I would not have that sense of humor. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, yeah. He's like, it looks like we woke the dead, like very calmly. Mm-hmm. Also, don't call him. Yeah, Brad Pitt after when he calls back. I would have yelled at her immediately and be oh, like, yeah. bitch, don't call this phone. Can satellite phones not send texts like, hey, I called, but don't call me back? Never used a satellite phone, to be honest with you. Right? Unanswerable question. I'm not a drug dealer, so no experience. You never had a beeper? What's that? <laughs> a beeper? Never heard of her. Um, the tooth pulling scene didn't do anything for anybody? Oh, it was hard to watch. I don't think I remember that scene. From the, the CIA who sold guns to North Korea? I remember him. It was a fairly long scene. Must have taken a piss. I did take a bathroom break, but I didn't pause it. He explains that in North Korea, no one has it. He says that the whole country in 24 hours pulled out every citizen's teeth. Oh. Or there something was like actu- that. There wasn't any actual like teeth pulling. I remember the conversation out his own tooth i don't remember i remember the conversation but i don't remember him actually pulling his tooth out i must have looked at my phone pulled his own tooth out and placed them next to he had been he had literally removed all of his teeth or most of the vast majority of his teeth by then because he put it down next to a row of teeth which doesn't make any sense to me because everyone else still has theirs out their fucking teeth like they're still gonna bite you my guy like you're just protecting them what if they don't give a f- you're in a jail cell yeah <laughs> silent hero we see a little dario naharis we do shouts to Mich- michelle huisman that guy who was in the middle of the room and no one touched him because his leg bothered him yep that guy okay yeah based on the information that we get later turns out that if you're terminal the zombies don't give a fuck about you. And I was like, what about that guy? He just had like a limp. Like, that's not terminal. I said he probably had like bone cancer or some kind of cancer in his knee or like leg bone. Maybe he just fell at a party playing beer pong. That's what I was like. We're like, okay. terminal. You're going to fucking die. <laughs> Jen would be like, I ain't getting bit, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we very abruptly, we go from Korea you know, somebody sacrifices themselves on the plane to to remove the nozzle. James Badgedale shoots himself in the fucking head to because he gets bit. And then we fly to we fly to Israel because Israel has that shit on lock. Like so they think they're amassing people within the walls around their city. They say a wall doesn't work. 
Well, that was a big wall too. Well, and they got their wall up quick. <laughs> if only. Well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. I'm sure that there's a certain administration that would be interested to know how they got their wall up so fast. They probably paid for it themselves. One. <laughs> Jordan's going to pay for this wall. <laughs> right. So everything's going all hunky dory. Then some nice little Israeli teens need to do some karaoke for whatever reason. Brad Pitt, who knows that they are that zombies are attracted to sound, but obviously, I guess, can't see on the other side of the wall. You can't, you know, know that they're amassing into some sort of cheerleader pyramid on the other side. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't tell him to turn off. Just keeps trying to have a conversation. Good for you, Brad Pitt. He was already yelling, too, to have that conversation, I feel like. Exactly. I don't know. Also, what were they ce- trying to celebrate? Survival. Are they just trying to spread peace? That they were all inside. I just. Why does anybody do karaoke ever? Jennifer? I can say, Nicholas, what's rule number one? No karaoke. That's right. This is probably one of my one of my favorite scenes. Um, for me, the iconic scene from the trailer. You know, the giant, massive bodies spilling, spilling, clumping up, and then spilling over. You know, across the wall. Really get a sense of the scope of everything. It's really nice. Um, shot really well, you know, a little, little helicopter action, always a fan. Yeah. And then you get the, the chase, I guess he meets up, he meets up with his new companion for the rest of the movie, basically in this, um, Israeli bodyguard. Is that how they make him in Israel? <laughs> I'm just saying I might become a religious man and <laughs> take some mission trips to Israel once this is all over. She was pretty badass. Is she? Is she that badass? I mean, she took getting her arm cut off in like seconds as well as you could take it, I guess. God, that that just brought up the badass status even more for Brad Pitt. I love his like non-hesitation. He saw it and was like, fuck it, grabbed a machete and just chopped her arm off. And then then counted. And then the other female Israeli infantryman like has the M16 to the head of, of Sagan. That to me is so intense. And then she doesn't turn, and you realize, okay, let's go. Later on on the plane, she asked, she's like, how did you know like cutting it off would help? And he's like, I didn't. And I was like, I know this is 2013, but like, also, have we not seen enough like zombie movies to like at least think of ways to stop it? Like, Nick, if someone, like, if a zombie bit your arm, I'd chop it off. No hesitation. Just fucking kill me. I'll take the other one for good measure. Just fucking kill me. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust you to feel dress my wounds, so you might as well just fucking kill me. I wouldn't trust me to aim to make sure I got the arm. It'd be the Jack and Rose scene in Titanic. <laughs> yeah, with the with the axe. <laughs> Hit the exact same spot. <laughs> All right, that's enough practice. I trust you. Does not bode well for your future survival odds if you can't. <laughs> I would just like cut your head off on accident and be like, fuck. Shit. I counted to 12, y'all. It was 12. Y'all saw it. The we eyes all turned. It. We all saw it. His last moments, he knows I tried, right? Like, I tried to say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, he agreed to trade Dalvin Cook, so let's... Uh, was it? I'm just going to go ahead and push that through right now. Wasn't he... Si- weren't his last words, Jin put the goddamn knife down? I have bad hearing. <laughs> Sounded like zombie bullshit to me. 
A real Nick wouldn't say that. <laughs> I could tell he was turning by the way he was talking to me. That's right. <laughs> but also, it's just those two who make it onto the plane. Yeah, that was weird to me that, like, there's all these soldiers, like, stopping the plane. Like, how do they prioritize that these are the two that we're, we're getting out of here? I think their orders are probably protect the UN guy, but I still would have been like, well, I need to continue to protect him. So get your ass on up the ladder. And I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with them. Yeah. I don't understand. How are, what are those people doing on that? Pass- what are, why are passenger planes full of passengers at this point in the, in the zombie apocalypse? Where are they going? Where are they flying to? I think they, don't they mention that planes were the perfect, uh, like, delivery yes. system for this thing first thing you should have done was shut down all commercial flights which it's already been like a i would say a few days at this point yeah. right because they're locked down israel's locked down they're letting people in through the border but like where are you flying to maybe it's like in like with covid where you could still you know if you're an american stuck in germany let, let's get let's get our folks home. You could yeah, you could go home and get infected. They're like, listen, hey, yeah. if you want to get infected at home, by all means, go ahead. Well, the plane was from Belarus, so I'm it assuming was. that maybe it stopped to refuel because even the passengers didn't know where they were going. So maybe they stopped to refuel is the only thing I'm thinking. So how does that guy who is an actual zombie stuck in that little compartment? How is that even possible? That part actually made no sense to me because. Like, there's enough noise where my guy would be rattling around in there and, like, getting agitated. Right? I have a theory. And it's straight out of Aliens. I think as they were taking off, they might have hit some people. And a zombie got stuck to the landing gear. And when they brought the landing gear up, he survived and then made his way up that way. And then just went into the bathroom and just stayed there. Was he in the bathroom? (laughs) Uh, no, he was in the elevator, the galley elevator. So it's possible. I mean, they don't know how to operate doors, so. That's true, actually. Also, I like how that dog came over, barked at it, and then just like dipped immediately as soon as she pushed it. Animals know. Uh, he knew what was in there. He was trying to tell them, yo, don't open this shit. But he comes out like they're not quiet zombies. Like they screech like pterodactyls. They screech. They do screech like pterodactyls. They also <laughs> chitter like squirrels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Also, that uh, that would have been so much louder on a plane if everyone's sleeping, there's no sound, and like all that's going on in like the next section of the plane. And there's Brad just, Pitt's the only one who's like, "It's just a curtain." I hear something. Yeah, that yeah. part is ridiculous. And then the luggage—that's going to stop them. Well, the plan was be quiet and stack the luggage. Great plan. I mean, it stopped the snakes on snakes in a plane. Did this movie steal from snakes on a plane? I must not understand how bad I thought it would like Brad Pitt is moving around pretty well when that shit blows up. Like he literally throws a grenade. It blows a hole in in the fucking side of the plane. And he's still like moving around. Not really that concerned. Takes his time. Buckles everybody in. Doesn't put the mask on, by the way, which I've been lied to on so many fucking safety things like i i was told that the mask is important well he doesn't want his liberties infringed on so i'm just saying thought it was a nice touch that they had that zombie that was still stuck in the seatbelt just like how frustrating must that be old ass karen (laughs) (laughs) to your manager then he with a giant piece of metal in his gut 
And she with uh, a stump. Oh, I was going to say she was fine, but I forgot. Yeah, she got her arm cut off. Walk God knows how long in the Welsh countryside to get to this WHO facility. Without GPS, too. Like, how did they know where to walk? She's military. I bet she had a compass. And he's had field training. Yeah, but how do they know what direction? Like, where? I know they were close because the guy, like, the pilots originally were like, you know, we're about to, like, descent. I still feel like that's pretty fucking far. I know. Every time they say that, it's still, like, another 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Like, they did they check on, like, the pilots? The nose of that plane got fucked yeah. up. And planes have to be sturdy, but they're not that sturdy because they have to be able to fly. It's a giant fucking Coke can is what it is. Mm-hmm. We should not be having this conversation. No. No. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, can't trust them. Just make sure when you get on a plane, just be like, I want to know, is there any zombies? Do we check everything? It's very important. Also need to know if anybody has a grenade on board. Very important. feel like they screened for that, but you never know. He didn't hesitate with that either. Looked at her and was like, fuck it. I think you knew your options, though, at that point. He could have also buckled in. He threw it and then was like, oh, fuck, I got to get in my seat. <laughs> Imagine how cool he would have looked if he sat down, buckled in, and just like casually <laughs> tossed the grenade behind his back. And then it rolled back to the front. <laughs> <laughs> Looks down. <laughs> right, so then we get the we get the lab scenes, right? Lab scenes, end of the movie. Ryan, you had already mentioned some uh, some thoughts on on how this movie wrapped up, didn't you? I think David Ayer saw the Brad Pitt scene and was like, "I can make that better." When he was like, "No, no, I'm talking to him, the went the man in charge," and was like, "I got it, I got it." Will Smith is gonna do this in Suicide Squad. So disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, also, not even that hard. Like, if one person is talking to you and the other guy is, like, standing there, like, really overseeing <laughs> things, not that not that. And the guy who's to talking to you is looking for him to, like... Right, right, you know. He's, like, looking back. <laughs> um, no, okay, so I believe what you're getting at is... So the original third act goes something like this. They, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who knows the, the science or the... Um, the lure of it. So they immediately crash land and they get swept up by like this Russian army. And then they are basically turned into zombie killing machines, like, and just go around and killing as many of these zombies as possible. And then somehow or another, Brad Pitt gets a hold of a sat phone and then tries to contact his wife, finds out where she's at, contacts her there. And then Matthew Fox answers that's why you see Matthew Fox in like two seconds of this movie is because he was supposed to originally have a much larger part where he's like basically like, yeah, I kind of own your wife now. His wife gets swept up into like another group of people that if you don't kill, you have to serve some other purpose if you want to stay safe with them. And her purpose was to basically make sure that my homeboy Jack from Lost was satisfied all the time. Seriously. What the fuck? Somehow or another, Brad Pitt and Sagan escape and they make it to America and then that's how it ends. You just assume he's going to go find his family or something like that. Like that's a basically like a very vague, not very detailed, rough edit. But that's how the third act was supposed to go. It was not supposed to be where they land at the WHO and then like, oh, this is how we can, this is what we can do. Hmm. 
I I mean, in light of that, guys, how do we how do we feel about the how do we feel about the ending? I love this ending. What about it? Do you what about it? Do you love every? I guess act like every country or interaction they had was action packed. It had like a climax for each like scene almost. Same for the ending. Like it didn't just like trail off. It didn't like leave you disappointed. I feel like I did have a question for everyone when it came to like the ending or the climax. And I especially want to hear your opinion on this, Nick, because this is the first time you'd seen this movie. Like, did you figure out the twist? I know we, we kind of skipped over it back in um, Israel when they're escaping. My boys run in and can just stop mid run, turn back, identify one person who's not affected by the zombies and be like, huh, mental note, and then keep running. Did anyone identify the, the reason why these particular, why some people weren't getting bit by the, by the zombies? You know, I'm trying to interrogate where my head was at when it happened. Um, because I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I don't know that I was trying to work it out as a problem. Um, to be honest with you, I guess, I guess the answer is no, I didn't put it together. Um, there's, there's some suggestions there, but it, it wasn't even something that I had like in my head. I was not like, Oh God, how are they going to get out of this? And I think part of the reason is that that's not how the book is. There's no cure. There's not like inject yourself. They didn't inject themselves with life-threatening viruses to act as camouflage. That's not what happens. They just, through sheer ingenuity and like massive losses of life, get over it, basically. Survive. Did anybody else put the puzzle together, the pieces of the puzzle, and then be like, oh, shit? It, it wasn't until Lex Luthor and... Israel that I was like, oh, okay. This 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 young man with this bald this obviously bald head probably got some kind of cancer and they're just like going around him. Something's up with that. But it's so okay, so the thing that I wanted to talk about earlier, what's the level, I guess, right? I think they, they say like, oh, it's gotta be you gotta be terminal in order for them to go around you. So like, but that the 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 homeless guy presumably he gets bitten, right? Or, you know, does he have some kind of like liver failure from like as an alcoholic? Would I be all right? What basically what? is what I'm trying to figure out here. So if I keep drinking wine, I'll be good. And it's not exactly. If we drink enough, are we going to be okay? Well, they say terminal, but it's like, then they also say a healthy host. It's like, how healthy do you have to be? Right. Yeah, that's the, that's the level that I'm trying to, like, how healthy? <laughs> if I can keep eating cheese and drinking wine, I'll be good. So I guess I thought, like, now that Brandon brings up the homeless dude, I, I guess I thought my whole, what I thought was not the camouflage, I guess the camouflage aspect of it is just you kind of just sit there and mind your own business or like sitting like you stay quiet because obviously they're drawn to noise mm -hmm. and then i just figured you just stand still or sit still and they just consider you an you know inanimate object and they would go around you hmm. i guess that's that's what i initially thought but i wasn't blown I mean, that away makes when... sense because like in the beginning in the street everyone's screaming mm-hmm Strange. And and isn't the isn't the thing that they wind up injecting people with just like a it's a combination of like two relatively 
benign diseases, isn't it? Isn't it like... Um, I thought they said like a modified meningitis. I mean, it kills people, but not like a lot of people, right? Can't you survive meningitis? Should just infected them with COVID. Oh, uh, well, Jennifer, I don't know if you've I'm heard kidding. about the death rate, but it's basically just the flu. I'm kidding. Yeah, bas- basically. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why we're all shut down still. <laughs> Another thing, he... Uh, I love the whole scene of them trying to get to, like... B-Wing. Vault 137. Yeah, like, that whole thing is, I thought, intense and, like, suspenseful. But it's suspenseful finally in this movie where it's like kind of like a one-on-one scene. But when he goes into the vault and he finally gets there and like she calls and like gives him the number. I think Nick brought up a point to me earlier and he was like, why did they not all have that code already? And then he didn't even know what to take. Like he just took all of it. But also I would have thought the plan would have been, hey, when we get there, if we even get there, we're going to be lucky we're probably not going to be lucky twice. So we're going to have to do this here. So it's basically a suicide mission. We're going to make it through, but I don't know if we're going to make it be able to come back. You know what I mean? Either my theory works or not, or I die. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, Brad Pitt was like, you can, I can either die to this zombie that they've already got like right here next to. Also, that was the scariest zombie of the whole thing. Did not like that zombie at all. Made me uncomfortable. Wish they would have just released her somewhere. And that's not a race thing, right? Because I'm black, but did not like that zombie. Wait, oh, what? her? Yes. Yeah. I thought we were talking about the other one. They had, no, like, originally, like, if they got it, like, that was, she, the other girl was like, you're going to have to face her. Face her. Whoever yeah, you infected no, with. Definitely get me a different zombie. Also, Doesn't matter who. Like, Calmed her down by putting a curtain up. They didn't, they didn't have to surround her with glass. It didn't have to be like that. How strong is that glass in the WHO, though? Because, like, at the beginning of the movie, they're, you know, just smashing through car windows. And, oh, yeah. You know, apartment windows, just getting to where they need to get to. Like, what was so different about... I understood, like, in B-Wing, like, okay, there's no actions. They're just kind of conserving their energy but like with that one in particular i would just assume it's gonna be some strong ass shit since you're holding basically the world the worst diseases that mankind knows of the fact that the fact that those motherfuckers when they showed them doing the experiment before he turned like the fact that those motherfuckers did not have like any clean room ppe at all just made zero sense so we wear ppe that's right (laughs) it is important anything else that that y'all have on the movie that the end of the movie, the the movie plot wise as a whole. I just want to recognize Brad Pitt's badass like walk away scene or like the soda machine. That's that's my favorite. Drinks his soda. I wish he, I don't think he does like the Fonzie hit to the side. I forgot what he does, but then all the sodas fall out, so all the zombies start going that way, and he just walks through them like a badass. That, that's his walking away from explosion scene. Yeah, his hair blue. A little bit. I love that music piece that they play as he's walking. Like it's like mini triumphant. We've conquered. We've you know we've won. We technically didn't find a cure, but we found the next best thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that immediately basically goes into a montage of fixing the world. You know. So. Oh, and sp- speaking of that montage, there's some like weird kind of 
not very like clear, but like they're in Russia and then they fire down that building and there's like some scenes, some cutaway of like gunfights and stuff. That's actual footage from the third act hmm. that they didn't use. I like that shit when they were firing the or when they were lighting them shits on fire on top of that building. That shit was that shit was dope. Show me that. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, you have you have mentioned your fondness for for Brad Pitt. Tell me tell me why he works as the lead role in this movie. He's just believable in anything he does. But specifically like he's supposed to be this like UN like investigator who like essentially saves the world single-handedly and not once am I like I don't buy it. Like, I don't know what it is about his face or his acting or his hair. I swear that man, like you could put anything on his head. Give him a perm. It'll work. It's a leading man right there. Some would say. There's no one really in the cast. I'm really just dying to talk about. This is about Brad Pitt and this is about Brad Pitt doing his thing. And that's it. Just let him cook the whole movie. And I was fine with it. The only thing that I, I wonder, and I can't believe it, but how is Cliff Curtis not in this movie? We go from Korea to Israel to fucking Wales, and we don't see this guy? No brown people in Wales. Oh, they, Ruth Neg is in this, so. Also, Will Smith would have been a better casting than Brad Pitt on this one, but whatever, right? Hmm. You already did a worse version of this movie, though. Nah, 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 nah. Right, because I Am Legend is basically the same thing, and it's kind of better than this. Hard disagree. Didn't Will Smith do a second post-apocalyptic movie that you like shadow after, after earth, earth does not fucking count <laughs> that was a cash that was a that was a hey here's my son let's make him into the next big hollywood thing and it didn't work uh i like will smith as a as an idea here brad pitt gets away with doing a lot of acting without words Yes, where I think with what makes Will Smith special will take you out of this role. Will Smith can make you feel safe, but if there's going to be a joke or a wisecrack somewhere in there. I Am Legend's all serious, though. He strangles his fucking dog, and you feel that. I see, I see it, and I would still watch this movie, and I'd probably still like it almost as much. I think casting-wise... It's Brad Pitt all the way. I'll tell you one person who couldn't have done this. I don't see Leo doing this movie and making it any better. And everyone loves Leo. Well, and now that I think about it, when you were like, you know, Brad Pitt, he can be a leading man, but he wants to be a character actor. And I was like, you know, he'd gladly just as easily take like the second leading role and Mm -hmm. be casual. It's like Brad Pitt can do casual. Like he kept it pretty toned down. Like he wasn't trying to do too much. He wasn't trying to be like, here I am. I'm an actor. Like this is the end of the world. Is there is there anybody else any anybody else that that showed up that we haven't mentioned or mentioned too briefly that anybody anybody wants to talk about speak now or forever hold your peace? I mean the girl who gets her hand chopped off. <laughs> I liked her as an addition. She's only thirty one and five foot four. Antonio, you were feeling the shaved head, right? Does she still have that haircut? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't look like she has an Instagram, so. She's 31 and she doesn't have an Instagram? No, hold on. Let's see if there's a Twitter out there. Who among us? Don't look like she has the buzzed hair. Uh, ooh, I don't like that haircut. Um, long hair's fine. What is the mom in? The Or the wife? Like the lady? The gingery one, kind of? Are you bringing her up, Jen, because she is or she's not one of your 
nominees for the Tobey Maguire Award? She's actually not. I said a couple people because I was referring to his two daughters <laughs> who are very lucky to have survived. In the beginning, like you see him as a family man, like you like feel for his family like more than you did for like Brad Pitt's family in Moneyball, but it's like give it like 30 seconds and you're in the next scene and you're like, fuck his family. <laughs> These kids suck. <laughs> I mean, other than that, no one like really disappointed. Like it wasn't someone stood out. It was like, oh, they were so bad acting wise. The kids were just annoying. That's fine. I'm fine with giving them the Tobey Maguire Award this week. Yep. I'm not going to say this, Ryan. You're going to have to be the one to say it. That's fine. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg Best Performance Award. Brandon? I love that we did this. Um, Just for God, you, the, the best boy. It's got to be Brad, right? I mean, it's certainly not It's certainly not the fucking doctor who shot himself. Although that speech that he gives about Mother Nature, very good. Powerful. And then he fucking shot himself and ruined the whole fucking thing. So. I know. It really kind of takes away from the speech. He wouldn't have lasted long, I feel like, anyways. I'm going to give it to Tommy. Well, that's what Brad Pitt calls him. It's Tomas. <laughs> that kid was a badass. He was not bothered by anything. Ended up with three bitches. <laughs> got saved. Got rid of his fucking parents who wouldn't listen to him. If it's not the kid who got, like, the fucking golden ticket to survival with this white-ass family with the military... Um- I'm glad you said it. I was going to ask if you nominated him because he ditched a minority family to upgrade <laughs> to a white family. <laughs> fucking finesse. Shasta, my boy. You got Brad Pitt walking in being like, hey. And he's like, she's crying. I don't know. <laughs> Put her ass to sleep. You're welcome. <laughs> Look at me. I'm her dad now. He literally thanked him. He's like, thank you, Tommy. He's like, I got this guy to fucking thank me. <laughs> Embarrassing. Tommy's fucking great. What about you, Ryan? What you got? Man, that WHO vault zombie that comes face to face with him when he after he injects himself, like the whole the uh, the teeth clacking guy. Mm-hmm. That's committing to the part. He's got that's a lot of screen time. He's he's got a he's got to commit to that shit for a while. And I mean, and they are up close on him like the entire time. Yes. Did he see? Did they CGI his mouth doing that? Because like I can't do it. I tried. I I don't think they did, which is why I think he is a worthy yeah. nominee for this award. All right, I guess we'll give it to Tommy. The Alonzo Harris King Kong ain't got shit on me. Best scene award. It's got to be. It's got to be the fucking the 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 twenty six year old savior of the fucking world. And his Mother Nature speech. Gotta be. Okay, I thought you were gonna say when he shoots himself. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Okay. No, that's a good one. Jen, maybe you and I are on the same page on this one. It, it has you, to be the, the Coke walkaway scene, right? I love that scene. That scene's just so badass. And like, when the zombies are running past, like, Brad Pitt just looks so majestic. Like, they're just mm-hmm. like whizzing past. And like, you get the wind and his hair. Turn that fan on. Mm-hmm. It was the only time I was like, yes, now I understand why they gave him that long hair in this movie. Just for that scene. I get it. The entire time I was like, what is going on with his fucking hair? You didn't like it? Like from the beginning? I'm I'm not. I'm not a long haired 
Brad, that's the wrong person in this household. I think we'll go with the we'll go with your your soda machine thing. I, I like that. I mean, it, you know, it's it's the it's what everything's building to, right? So it's a it's a pretty suitable payoff. So satisfying. Anybody have any quotes that we missed? The yours, the the one that you mentioned, because we didn't even talk about that. I, I love that idea. Yes. So mine mine was going to be the the whole tenth man speech in Israel, where the guy says, you know. Basically, what we implemented was that anytime we sat down and nine people agreed, the 10th person had to disagree. You had to keep digging no matter what and and figure out, you know, support your argument, essentially, Um, which is one of the things that they cribbed from the books. Um, Oh, really? Yes. Seemed like seemed like sage advice. The not to shit on anybody or what anybody has said that they like here. I did. Ha- I did have. Um, it, to me, it works better than the Mother Nature is a serial killer because um, having watched as much Mind Hunter as I have, I don't buy into his description of a serial killer because not all serial killers need to be caught. It's just the ones that have been caught that want to be caught. I was going to say he didn't study serial killers. He didn't study serial killers at all. He's never seen Mind Hunter in his life. What a ridiculous thing to say. I do like when Brad Pitt, like when they're in the apartment and he's like talking to the family, like we got to move. And he's like, movement is life in my field, like or whatever. He's like, when you stay still, like you don't make it. I thought that was nice. Say it in Spanish, Antonio. Movimiento es vida. I like how his dad uh, offered as soon as they walk in. He does the very stereotypical, like, Hispanic <laughs> thing. Están en su casa and then offers both of them a beer. <laughs> Señorita, cerveza. <laughs> okay. Um, it's about that time. Ratings? I'll go first. Um, this movie's two. I like um, apocalypse movies okay, I guess. I don't know. It's a lot of action. It's fine. It was it was interesting to look at, but it's not something that I can imagine myself revisiting. There's not a lot of um, not a lot going on, I guess, that I would that I would watch it again. I could maybe see recommending it to somebody. Like, this falls this falls under the provision of the two, wherein I wouldn't rewatch it, but I could potentially recommend it to somebody. You call that the Amanda special. The Amanda special. That's right. That's that's the Amanda two. Is yeah. we call that. R.I.P. Zombies got her. Yeah. My rating might shock people. I'm ready. (laughs) I know. I mean, I think at the beginning I said that this is not my style of movie. And how each time I like would tune in at certain points, I found it boring. This was the first time I watched it start to finish. I really liked how it was like three or four different movie genres in one. Like at the very beginning, I kind of saw it as a horror film and I was very upset with you guys because I wasn't prepared to be scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, then obviously the whole espionage, you know, kind of a spy thriller type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, had a little bit psychological thriller in there. And then it just had your good old fashioned drama. Like, you know, are we going to get the payoff? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a three. Okay. I think I would give it a three when I... When the movie was first recommended, I was not excited. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> See what happens when you put your phone down? I didn't put my phone down. I'm just kidding. My, I had my phone the whole time. <laughs> I I was on the fence about using a decimal because I know I have a reputation for liking every movie. 
but you can't deny a good movie when it's a good movie. Just because people shit on you for giving movies high ratings. But it's also going to be a three for me because I've now rewatched it three times. And it's just as entertaining. You get those different kind of genres like Antonio was saying. like uh, It's like experiencing like four different movies in one. And it's never like slow. Like you don't get like a slow scene. But I'll give it a three. Brandon, you want to be the you want to be the hammer on these ratings, or do you want to go now? No, I can go. I think this movie. I agree with uh, Jen. This movie is a three. Um, it's a, it's a good rewatch. It hits all the the marks for me for a end of the world movie. Um, you know, I, I there's no there are no real complaints that I have there except for you know like little small things. So it's a three, and I think I do own it. So it's definitely a buy for me. Ryan, for the sixth week in a row. We've been on a fucking roll, haven't we? What would you like to give this movie? You already know. You already know. I personally don't like zombie movies. I'm not a big... I, I just don't like them. I don't get it. I'm just not... That's just not me. But it's a it's a Brad Pitt movie. I love me some Brad Pitt. It's a movie I rewatch quite a bit. Um, I think the message that this movie gives dealing with humanity and whatnot. I, to me, it's a great story. I'm glad they went with this third act versus the original third act. But yeah, criticize me all you want. This movie is a four. Six straight weeks. Incredible. You love to see it. I'm still not changing the Twitter next time that we ask for listener input. I'm still leaving in that you hate animated movies. Jen, I need you to hate something. I was going to say next week, can we all just recommend, what's your like least favorite movie? Everyone nominate your we have to do. Movie. We have to do a listener movie oh. next week. Make it a bad one. I'm not going to watch The Brave Little Toaster for his fucking <gasps> Oh, that's I'm a good curious. One. You know, You didn't watch The Brave Little Toaster when you were younger, Antonio? I didn't know. That movie's dark. It is. Who comes out in it? A uh, piece of a blanket. Well, there's a there's a toaster. Oh, is this animated? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a one for me, dog. It's animated <laughs> and it's a musical. Yeah. Oh. Well. Recommendations. Bird box question mark. Have you seen Bird Box? I have. Okay, then why are you saying question mark? Because I don't know if it falls in the same. I feel like it falls in the same realm. Sure. My interpretation might be different than y'all's. Antonio, your interpretation is the only one that matters. Okay. Bird Box, interesting. Did you like Bird Box? I Good. did. I mean, you're recommending it, so you must have must have liked it. Yeah. I never watched it, so. No, I mean, I didn't watch it by choice, but I enjoyed it. My recommendation is 28 Days Later. I have a very long thing that I can get into about how I don't understand the concept like the concept of the movie zombie that's super fast. You know, we were talking about this that like hits all those combine measurables is like super strong and super fast and all that shit. I think that that doesn't make sense to the core, like reason of creating the zombie as like a, a something to be afraid of. Basically it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I think the idea that a zombie is slow and doesn't stop is important. To the idea of a zombie and so the whole super fast zombie is you know jen 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 asked me a question of whether or not i'd rather be surrounded by like these types of fast moving zombies or like in, stuck in jurassic park it, under those circumstances they're the same thing they're like little fucking raptors like 
that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that's not what zombies should be. Zombies, anyways, that's not what should be terrifying about zombies. Zombies should be, it's the existential dread. It's the idea that they're never going to stop and they're going to wind up getting you at some point. It's not that they're going to chase you down. However, I'm recommending a movie that's got fucking super fast zombie-like things because 28 Days Later is fucking terrifying and it looks really nice. I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it would probably go pretty well with, um, you know, fit in the the topical sort of um, lane that this one, that World War Z also hit. Also, hey, why don't you read the book World War Z? If you like humanity, as someone on this... uh, podcast has professed to enjoy um should you should pick up a fucking book fmk was hard this week it was buzz cut brad pitt hippie brad pitt or adult haircut brad pitt from ad astra Ooh, i got it Ooh, i'm gonna fuck the shit out of that dude <laughs> oh, man i can't i'm gonna marry ad astra brad pitt haircut i'm gonna fuck buzzed haircut brad pitt I'm gonna kill hippie Brad Pitt. I can't do it, man. Sorry. Hmm. Are we doing buzz cut as in like Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. Yeah. What? Which one's the hippie one? This, this one. Movie. This movie, I guess. Yeah. Y'all think that's hippie? Okay, let's see. <laughs> you think that's hippie? I'll show yeah. you. Was he in? He was in Troy, right? Yes. Yeah. That's hippie hair too. Long flowing hair, majestic. <laughs> if you're not trying to fuck Achilles in that movie, like what the fuck? What are we talking about? I thought it was all about Patroclus. <laughs> his nephew. I've read a book. I know that was <laughs> not his nephew. <laughs> I am a learned man. I'm going to marry Buzzcut Brad Pitt. I'm going to fuck hippie Brad Pitt. And I'm going to kill adult haircut Brad Pitt. I have zero regrets of keeping my hair in an adult haircut, by the way. <laughs> That should be specified. How First disrespectful all, that is that you just said that. Your version. I always your keep hair my hair. Does, your hair does not look like the Ad Astra haircut. Uh, I wouldn't mind it if it did. Exactly. My hair honestly looks worse than that haircut. What are you talking about? I'm thinking of taking that shit to my the woman who cuts my hair next time. Like, give me the fucking give me the Brad Astra. <laughs> I I gotta I gotta keep my man hippie Brad Pitt slash Achilles around so I'm a I'm a fuck hippie Brad slash Achilles. Um, I guess I would marry Ad Astra. What who who's the third one that we killing? Mister and Mrs Smith. Yeah, I haven't seen Mister and Mrs Smith. So what? What? Yeah, I've never seen Mister and Mrs Smith. Screw the listeners. <laughs> it's Mister. And- We're doing another Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's incredible. If it has not already been obvious, I think I'm marrying Dad Astra, um, Dad Pitt. God, I guess I'm just Ryan, right? I guess I'm I guess I'm fucking. It's close. It depends if it's this if it's this movie's hair, then I'm killing this movie's Brad Pitt. If it's Troy Brad Pitt's hair, then I think I'm fucking Troy Brad Pitt's hair. So it's basically you want to be Ryan or you want to be Brandon. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think it I think it makes sense that I'm a little bit of both. But you, Antonio, what you got? Answer your own question. Uh, definitely fucking hippie Brad Pitt. It's like fucking a mirror. Yeah. Thank you. 
I needed that after this week. <laughs> uh, marrying buzz cut Brad Pitt and killing adult hair cut Brad Pitt. That's right, Antonio. I've never been more betrayed. <laughs> I think this Ryan is actually has like an adult haircut now. Like he's the one who should be upset. Ryan, he's trying to murder you. It's okay. Well, I, I mean, would, it would probably agree with you. I would trust Ryan to not make Ad Astra as boring as that movie was. So, well, it's not the hair's fault. <laughs> yeah, well, I would kill for that haircut. I are you kidding me? I'm I now that you now that it has been brought to my attention, I might literally do that. I might literally show this woman a picture of it's a it's a different person than used to cut my hair, so it's going to be hard. But still. you want to you want to I'll do it with you. That's going to be weird, my guy. <laughs> we we just show up to the podcast with matching dad astra haircuts. Actually, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's do it. I talked myself into it.